Hello and welcome to another episode of In at the Side, brought to you by the Dodger Sevens and ITS. My name is Dom Hardman, here with Neil, scenario Neil, sorry, and Jack Donovan. And tonight we're joined by the man who does this. Ray Hana. That was good stepping by Bruce Johanna. Watch that for acceleration. Oh, this is a try that could wrap it up for the Chiefs. And a one. Joined by former All Black, Mr. Bruce Rohana. How are you this evening, Bruce? Good, thank you. And guys? Yeah, very good. Good, yes. good. Right then, um, we'll just start standard uh, standard in at the side questions on your career. How did you uh, how did you get involved in the game to start with? Well, as a Kiwi, if you didn't get involved in rugby, there was something wrong with you. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. fortunately, I was lucky enough just to follow suit and weirdly enough, fell in love with the game, um, playing on frosty mornings uh, and, and wearing no shoes because at that stage, we were going with bare feet. Um, oh. Funny enough, running around, not feeling your toes or your hands, still still love to play the game. <laughs> and uh, from there on onwards, you know, the started watching the All Blacks and that was the ultimate dream. And just uh, just fell in love with the game. I want to pull Dom off on something he said. You said former All Black. I believe once you're an All Black, you're always an All Black, aren't you? Is that is it's like <laughs> yeah, it's okay, like part of right, pass of passage of rights or something like that? Am I right there? Right of passage, I think. Right of passage. Thank you. I do. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, playing junior rugby, as you say, what sort of stage did it? You sort of think, right? I'm. Uh, Pretty good at this, and it's uh, going to get serious from here on in. Oh man, geez, it wasn't until a lot later. Like even when I was going up to my uh, 15s, 16s, I was still just enjoying the game, just loving it, being out with the mates. And you know, back in those days, it was all about um, beat each other up and party, or even party before the night of the game, and then go out and play, <laughs> but still love it and then do the same. Um, so it was, it was a lot of it was just the, the love of being with your friends and you know, just getting stuck in. And uh, after I was having a laugh about it, joking about what you're doing. And just, it was almost like a hobby. Um, and as I started making a few uh, a few um, higher grades, like the, back at home was the Waikato. I started making them the 17s and then 19s. And even then, I just thought, look, I'm just enjoying this. Um, I thought in my head, was this a dream? You know, imagine being an All Black, that would be amazing. But I had no goals. Um, there was nothing like that set. Until I got to, until I got Player of the Year for the under 19s, and um, I thought, Jesus, this, this is pretty cool. You know, maybe I should uh, start looking about maybe being a professional. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to go to the under under 21s, and the coach in the under 21s told me I wasn't good enough. Yet mm-hmm. I just got Player of the Year for the under 19s. Um, so it sort of um, made me look at myself a little bit. And if, if I was honest, it sort of peed me off a little bit. Sorry to interject. I say that can go one of two ways for a young kid, can't it? You know, if, yeah. if you can either go right, sob, you know, f you, I'm going to bloody react to that and and go my own way and really show you what I can do, or it's going to be, oh well, all right then, and it can stop. So it, it must be hard in those situations, you know, to you know, you can affect so many kids at that sort of age. I think massively, and I've, I've, I've seen it happen to to a lot too. You know, as as many have, and uh, I think lucky enough because of. The, the family and my brothers I was brought up with, they made me a bit tougher than, than yeah. to give up. So uh, I think if I did too, they would, they would give me a slap, to be honest. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I just thought, right, let's show him. I was able to stay in the other 19s for another year and I had another cracker of a year. And then at the end of that season, 
I got selected to trial for the for the senior squad, and now was to be a pro. Then um, I played ten and twelve up till then, and I got selected in the trial to play fullback, which never played ever before. And I thought, okay, this is pretty exciting. Let's have a crack. And I got a hat trick in the in the trial, and the rest is history. I made a, I made pro that from, from then onwards. Nice. Um, but one, one one little reward I, I remember this day is as clear as yesterday was that when I um, first made the team and we're heading into our, our first game for me to play for Waikato, as you head into the stadium, they used to have crowds were holding the streets and just clapping us all the way in. It was pretty awesome back in the day. Right. And as we were pulling into the ground, I was just looking over to my left and the under-21s coach who uh, didn't select me was uh, watching us come in, right. looking at him, and he looked up at me and I just went, <laughs> didn't do anything cheeky just gave me a thumbs up and wave and he threw yeah. it up and just he did give me the thumbs up as well and nice. then from then on was you know the, the dream was was real and I set some set some goals the ultimate was always to be an all black that I think I would achieve it at that stage you know um, again I just wanted to do my best in my position and earn my jersey yeah definitely so obviously from like so featured with the Chiefs um, was that another progression, a natural progression, did you feel? Yeah, yeah. From there was um, Waikato, which is, I guess it wasn't still pro. Um, you were making probably 10K in, a, in, in four months if you're one of the better players. And then the ultimate from there was if you made the, the Chiefs, then you had a, a, a professional contract. Um, so, yeah, that was the... the the small goal to, to achieve straight away. Well, it was a big goal, but you know, yeah, yeah, that was the goal here. Then I had uh, above that, I had um, New Zealand Sevens, Mary All Blacks, and then the ultimate was the All Blacks. Um, okay. But yeah, to make that Chiefs uh, lineup with all the players that were around at that stage was uh, was a was a massive massive focus and a, and a push for me back then. Yeah, I was going to say, what some sort of some of the names you're running out with uh, when you're at the Chiefs. Um, well, there weren't two bigger names, you know. We only had Jonah Lomu. Um, oh, only, yeah. only had Jonah. <laughs> right, Sorry, okay. just dropped the bomb straight away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Jonah, we had uh, Frank Bunce, Walter Little, uh, Fran Obotica, um, Blair Larson, um, geez, um, we asked Roger Randall, um, Eric Rush, Glenn Osborne, all, all blacks back in the day. Um, yeah, some awesome mate, some awesome characters. Yeah, sounds uh, sounds pretty wicked. Oh, geez, it was it was so funny, and uh, you know, being back in those days too, when you're a youngster, you got a lot of grief, but also they just they took you under your wing, and just you, you had no choice but to go with them because there's several times where we went out and we shouldn't have been going out, <laughs> and midweek is and stuff like that, and they said, no, you've got no chance, but you, you come with me. Um, you know, <laughs> I said, look, I ain't got any money. They said, we're not paying for anything. What you got to do is just come and have some fun. If you step out of line, we'll knock you out and take you back home. It's fine. Sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> so as long as you step, didn't step out of line, it was all good. You just went out a great time. No, as, exactly. um, as players and as, uh, you know, general people and where they were, were amazing. I uh, learned so much off them. Um, it was a pleasure to play along with them. And then, you know, once you're around, surrounded by those sort of players, the dream starts to become a bit more of a reality. Thinking, geez, man, if I can match up to what these guys are doing and work alongside them. And then because you with them, you naturally just push yourself harder anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you're automatically excited. You don't have to get excited. Once you wake up, you're like, I'm ready to go. Because you, you, you look next to you and you got Jonah hopping out of bed. You're thinking, Jesus, 
I better, I better get, get up before him or I don't know what, brush his teeth or make his own bed or something. <laughs> it, just, it just got you really excited, you know, all the time. Yeah. And uh, that, was, that was easy for me to, to really work hard and, and train. My main focus, again, was head down, ass up, just work hard, earn your respect, yeah. and that way I earn your jersey. Nice. That is advice you would give to, to any young kid who's maybe watching this, who, who wants to, you know, get that sort of, you know, it's just literally persistence and just, just keep working hard at everything that you, you can. 100%, 100%. I mean, and look, it, it is natural to get knockbacks. That's part of the process. Enjoy those knockbacks and just think, I'm, if I keep working hard, keep my head down. And the, one of the massive biggest things too is listen, 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 absorb, and then put it into action. Okay, you'll have a lot of bumps along the way, but that's how we learn and get better. Um, yeah. You don't have those bumps, you don't improve. But just you know, keep positive. Keep positive thinking if I be persistent in the process and I do the fundamentals right, then I can make it. Yeah. yeah so, well, on, culture and everything, like growing up in uh, New Zealand, actually playing as a junior there. Um, obviously, I know sort of jumping the gun a little bit here. Sorry, guys, like about the coaching. Do you find there's a much different culture in junior rugby over in New Zealand compared to England? Because is it something where in New Zealand it's you're naturally going to put the work in regardless of who asks you, maybe? Because it is such a you're almost born expected to pick up a rugby ball and it's ingrained into the culture. Whereas over here, obviously, there's a lot of different battling sports. Uh, do you find there is a difference in that sort of ethos as a junior rugby player? Yeah, good call. No, definitely. From when I was a youngster growing up, um, it was all about huge respect for whoever was your coach and just uh, get stuck in and work really hard because you've got so many good players around you, you know, and if, and if you don't, you just get left behind. Um, but it, it's just part of the culture over there where everyone uh, believes and works, and works hard for each other. And the mm. biggest thing about NZ rugby is that they, from, from a young age, you're always taught to run with the ball and beat, beat defenders, not, not run in or, or run through them. Um, the biggest thing I found here with my sons and also the coaches was I mean, my sons would go out and the weather's getting slightly wet and the coaches are teaching them pick and go. I was like, yeah. geez, what's going on here? Yeah. No, but I t weather's different, but again, totally different culture. They still don't think if they develop passing skills, we can still work their feet and we can still get around players. And that's where I've been doing a lot of these one-on-one -on -one coaching and coaching kids this, this year and working on their footwork and their, and their hand skills to, to think mindset, beat people, beat people. Yeah, it's that, it's that whole sort of debate, you know, is it a sort of an evasion game or a contact game? You know, I, you know, I played rugby under uh, a Kiwi um, and he was always, I mean, we never, we never tackled, um, which you can probably tell now when I play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was always, he was always trying to just instill, trying to get round people, you know, and, and the, uh, the open play, open play of the game. Yeah, so, uh, I definitely think it's that balance, isn't there? Yeah, there is, mate, because it's, eventually you've got to make contact, but it's trying to make get to a soft shoulder or, or at least try and beat a person. Because if you get him offset, then you're in a better position. You know, you're more powerful. Then you can use a fend, you can use a shoulder, um, you've got leg drive, etc., body position. But it just gives you all those options. When you just run straight, then there's only one. You know, and, and a, lot of, a lot of people get away with it for a little while until they get caught with a with a bigger man that can hit him hard and all of a sudden you're in a, you're in a proper shot. Like I've coached quite a few kids who are, who are quite big and they said, oh, I don't need a side step, I just run over people. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's great. But you're going to come yeah. to a spot or time where you're going to get to another level and someone's going to sit you down and then you're not going to know what to do. 
And then because you don't know what to do there, you're going to be scared and then you're going to drop away and everyone else will go past you again. Mm. You're going to keep your mind open and just um, upskill yourself in on as many ways as you can. Yeah. Do you find that there is too much of an emphasis on promoting a player at a young age based on their size rather than because I've seen it as well firsthand. I'm not going to name, but one of the DPPs that uh, I did a bit of coaching for, uh, I knew one of the lads who was there personally, and he's now in that setup, and he has one of the best sets of hands I've ever seen. Plays centre. He's a massive kid for his age. I'm, I'm right here, mate. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Honestly, even I knew you were going to say that, Neil. <laughs> but I was chatting to the coaches before, and straight away they said he'd make a good tight head. And I went, you've not seen his hands yet. Put him in an open game, and all of a sudden he just fizzed the three-man miss pass out to the winger. Yeah. He was, he, but he was good. And then all of a sudden they started to realise. And it's, do you find that, like particularly over here? you don't necessarily get given a chance to promote your own skills. 100%. Yep. I've, I've, I've seen that a lot. And, you know, again, lucky enough, I've been involved with a lot of kids since the first lockdown, well, especially after the first lockdown and all the way through here. And it's really helped me um, um, adapt a lot more to, to different styles and different kids. Um, I guess it helps because I've, I've got a few myself, so you've got to adapt, you know. Um, but definitely I've noticed that big time. Um, and, a, and a lot of players, I always ask every kid I, I train, so what position do you think you're going to be? And if they're tall, they go, oh, lock. Well, I guess it's, it's in my stature. And I'm like, well, you never know. You could be a tall centre, you could be a fullback. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, not really. Because look, look at the size of me, this is all I can do. I said, well, not when you're with me, buddy. I'm going to upskill you in as many ways as I can, and I'm going to give you some options. I wish you were my coach, to be honest, because I've, I've always said this. I mean, I'm 6'3". Right, I'm, uh, I've always been stuck at second row. Now, I absolutely hate playing second row with passion. Right, I'll play back row, I'll play centre. Uh, but for some reason, I'll walk to a new club, and I've done a lot of new clubs. Um, it's always, oh, second <laughs> row, straight away, before I even open my mouth. And yeah. it's like, oh, I'm not a fucking, te-, you know, and, and it frustrates me. So I can see, yeah. you know, but um, yeah. I mean, once they see silky skills, it's normally all right. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I don't know what it is, and it, that really annoys me because... You can't judge a person on, on, on the way he is. I mean, he, he can he can fit any position. You know, you can work to a certain position, especially when they're youngsters, man. Give them options. Yeah, you know, definitely. Skill them. It almost I almost feel that sometimes coaches don't want to coach the kids properly. You know, that the easy, easy option is oh, he's tall, he can go in the row. He's a bit bigger, he can go front row. And what if he's got good skills? Yeah. You know, he could be a twelve. Then you just gotta put some effort into him. Um, and that's that's what I've been focusing a lot on the kids and just Keep making sure they just keep their, their, their vision open. And I'm always talking to them about upskilling everything. Because um, I always say what's what takes a, a player to, to the next level or gives them the next factor. And um, you know, there's various questions. But I say, look, if you've got quick feet, you've got quick hands, you can play anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got, you got quick feet and quick quick hands, then it buys you time. Then, then on top of that, it gives you vision. You've got more time and vision, then you're relaxed. And then all of a sudden with that, you become more confident. And then when you play the game, you've got more freedom. You can enjoy it a bit more. I know. Yeah. I wish I'd have. Uh, I wish I'd had someone like yourself. So, you know, saying that back in the day, I, I could have been playing for, I don't know, uh, the B the B side of my local team by now. Come on, man, the same uh, B, same <laughs> B. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I just wanted to skip back to your career because we lost. I mean, obviously you had a, you know, played uh, for the Chiefs in Super Twelve, but you then went to uh, obviously came to England, played for Northampton at quite you know over two hundred appearances, I think, for for Northampton over uh, you know two thousand two to two thousand eleven. Just wanted to ask you, what was the main difference the moment you played that first game in the Premiership? What was the main difference between Super Twelve and and the Premiership? I mean, was there any, or or was it you know harder, easier? The biggest difference was it was freaking freezing. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the backs really didn't touch the ball back then. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a lot of this, a lot of smash and dash, and I was just thinking, wow, okay. But luckily, um, my first game was off the bench and it was against our local rivalry, Leicester uh, Tigers. Mm-hmm. So you, I soon got the gist of, of what the local derby was like and it was, it was <laughs> pretty physical and it was awesome to come on to and feel it, actually. And... Yeah. Uh, I got, um, I got stuck in straight away and, and got um, some good rewards from the coach, um, which is the reason why I came over here was uh, because of Wayne Smith. He was mm, the yes. best, best coach I have. He selected me for the ABs. And just that little time I had with him in the All Blacks, I just mm. had a, such a great feeling from him. Just the connection was was uh, awesome straight from the go. And I knew, geez, if I could be where he, be where he is, I could go a lot further. And the only reason also why I came overseas was because I didn't think I could be an All Black again. And I didn't want to carry on playing in New Zealand being a coulda, shoulda, woulda. Because I played with a lot of guys in Waikato who should have been All Blacks. But again, um, uh, there's a couple who didn't make because he wasn't, he wasn't tall enough in a certain position. But he was an absolute machine. You know, and it, it's happened to quite a few. Um, and I just thought, man, I'm not going to do that. Because uh, of Wayne Smith's over here. He, when he found out what was going on, he, he rang me and I didn't even hesitate. I said, yep. He goes, okay, I haven't told you what I want to give you. I said, it's fine, I'm coming. Yeah. And uh, cool. as soon as I got on that plane, I uh, set some targets in my head straight away and that was to be the best foreign player in uh, Europe. Because I, was, I didn't want to just go. I had an option to go to Japan and no offence to, um, to, to the rugby culture back then, but it wasn't as good as it is now. It wasn't as a higher level. No, definitely thought if I was going there, it was, was it going to be a, a retirement fund. Um, and I wanted to achieve a lot more. I wanted to push higher and I thought the next best place to go to play some really good rugby against some good players was uh, England. You know? Well, definitely. I remember, uh, obviously, I'm a Northampton Northampton lad, but support Bath, different. You know, that's a, that's a different story, I know. But uh, obviously, spent a lot of time down the gardens watching likes yourself and, you know, Carlos Spencer just, you know, at that time, I remember watching you two on the pitch and, you know, half the, half the Northampton team at some point so at that, that time period, just, you just couldn't keep up with you boys. It's, uh, it really was something special. So, you know, you stick around there for as long as you did, you know, you became a massive sort of, you know, a figurehead within the, uh, within the, within the Northampton team. Um, and I remember, I think it was last season um, when you were with Bristol, um, did a bit of coaching yeah, they saw you on the pitch and all just starting the uh, starting the chant straight away. Was it nice to be back there? Yeah, man, it's it's, it's always a special uh, time for me when I go back there. Um, again, the the gardens will always be my home. You know, I uh, I love that there. When Wayne Smith got us there, he brought us into the culture. He took us and back behind from where how it was developed and how they got to where they were and where we wanted to take us. And uh, I totally bought, bought into it. Um, like any club, you, you you go through some tough times. I could yep. have left, but it just felt like home for me. And um, 
it wasn't about the money for me back then. It was all about, um, uh, what is it, living a legacy, I guess. But I just wanted to stay there and, and, and make that my base, you know, and uh, take it as far as I could with uh, and, and helping to do that same process. And, uh, you know, with the people there, I actually loved it. They were awesome. Um, we created a good good culture then. It was like a big family for me. So, uh, you know, the support I had there was amazing. And again, you know, when I went back to Bristol, uh, getting the chance of my names and stuff like that, geez, I could have walked around the stadium if I had enough time and, and cuddled everyone. It was, uh, it was uh, pretty cool. Definitely. So, Ooh. Northampton to Bordeaux. Was that a, obviously, a, uh, a tough one to, tough one to decide that move? Yeah, very. I mean, it was, it was, it was hard to leave. Um, but I, at that stage, I guess it was the right time. You know, it was the right time to move on. Younger players were coming through and they, and they were shining. So I actually had an opportunity to go to uh, um, Saracens. Really? Um, they wanted me for a year. And I, I, was, I was actually going to go. The border option only come up um, about a week and a half before I was going to sign the series. Because uh, they wanted me down there to play fullback and be like a leader type player yeah. to, to the youngsters coming through. Um, I, I seem to fit into their stature really well, they, they said. So I was, I was keen to go. And then this border option came in late. And um, I talked to the, uh, the Saracens and said, look, Bordeaux's come in um, as a late option. I'm, I want to go and have a look at it because it's just something different. Yeah. Um, and that really excited me. Um, was just taking the family out, new challenge. Again, new challenge was after 10 years was something good. You know, if I'd stayed, I was, would have still been in the prem. So, and uh, at that time, Sarah said, look, let me come and talk to you. I'll change your mind. Um, I don't want you to go to Bordeaux. I said, look, you can't change my mind. I just want to go and see what it's like. And as soon as I got there to Bordeaux, where they were at that stage, they were in the pro de And they were fighting. They were in the playoffs to come up to the top 40. And for me, I didn't care. It was pretty old school, their setup, but it just had an awesome feel about it. Yeah. What it was, it just felt really cool. And uh, me and my wife went over and we saw it. She goes, what do you think? And I said, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Nice. This, is where, this is where I want to go and come back. And back tried, to Warburg rugby. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, mate, it was, Bordeaux as a city, as we found out, was was beautiful. And the rugby there was, uh, was pretty cool. The hardest part of getting used to French rugby was... Um, the timings and, and all that sort of, sort of stuff and the way they the way they coach the game and but the free the freeway the freeway of playing French game was was pretty cool. You just needed to try and uh, earn your respect and then slowly implement your your ways and try and change a few, little few little tweaks here and there. Yeah. Um, but my big thing again was uh, head down ass up in my jersey. I'm starting over again. It doesn't matter who I am, where I've come from. I'm going to start again. I was 36 then and I wanted to be a standout player in, in the top 14 but that, that was my goal again um age was just a number and i didn't want that to be an excuse for me going over there just taking a paycheck and retiring i wanted to, to be a name um and and finish off well awesome. i think um we'll just jump back because obviously we've glossed over the um probably the highlight playing for new zealand in 2000 and then representing well representing the sevens in 98 and 2002 how first of all how does representing the sevens team come about because i know they use it to sort of blood younger players and get them used to work uh, you know a bit of international standard of play is that common you know do they have mass recruitment or you know how does yeah. that how does that come about 
Well, when in New Zealand, the biggest game, we all, all start playing in New Zealand in the backyards and the fields and having competitions as touch. Touch rugby is massive. And that's where we, get, really where we learn to evade people, to get decent ball skills and move the ball around really, really, really efficiently. And then we go into sevens. Um, and if you're an outside back or any back, you know, wanted to develop this game, sevens was the perfect place. Um, footwork, skills, passing, um, seeing space and trying to attack it. So that developed from there. I played through Waikato. Um, but then once we got into the, the, the Chiefs, um, you weren't, you couldn't be selected for the New Zealand Sevens. So that was a, a little bit of a, a, a disappointment for me. But again, being able to make a pro was, was the priority. But when the Commonwealth Games come in, the, it happened when it was in between both seasons. Yeah. So we were able to, to, the best players in New Zealand were able to trial to try and make that Sevens team to get to the Commonwealth Games. So they um, opened it up to all Super 12 players to who were keen to play in the sevens to go have a trial. And if you're good enough, you made it. Um, wow. And uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was lucky enough to make it and uh, made it was uh, awesome. But I tell you what, I've never worked so hard in my life. Gordon Titchens thrashed the shit out of us. <laughs> well, talk, us talk us through that, that sort of recruitment tryout process because I don't think there's something we have nowadays in the modern game. Yeah, well, I tell you what, that the recruitment stage of it wasn't name or anything. It was pretty much if you could handle uh, Gordon Titchen's fitness regime and you passed <laughs> his tests, you were in selection unless you were Jonah Omi. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. Jonah wasn't the fittest. Obviously, I mean, at six foot five and one hundred and eighteen kilos, you wouldn't mm. expect him to be winning all the tests. But he could—he uh, was a game changer. Yeah. yeah. But the rest of us, <laughs> we got flogged, and if you couldn't handle it. Then unfortunately, you're, you're put on the sideline. Wasn't Jonah lined up? I, I think because when we had um, Sean Fitzpatrick on, he said that Jonah Loma was literally on the steps of the plane, ready to go to the Commonwealth Games. Um, which was it, '98? And he got the call up to go and play for the All Blacks, I think, something like that. And and um, that's the, the World Cup where he proper broke onto the scene, like absolutely ragdolled England all over the place. Oh, that was '95. '95. Yes. Yes. That's right, but apparently he was he was due to literally in you know with the team the seven team ready to go away and got caught got all up. So yeah, that's bad, isn't it? You know to think that if he'd have gone on that sevens tour, I mean you'd probably still have come through, wouldn't he? But but even still, you wouldn't have had him at that uh, you know at that World Cup. So Great. Mike Mike Cat would have been a bit happier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, a few more well, I think they had uh, they had quietly been keeping it there. Uh, their eyes on him. I mean, when he played at Colston College, he was a number eight back then. And he was scoring tries like he was doing on the wing from number eight picking and going. I mean, seriously. Yeah. And then as a winger, when I was back home, because I was thinking, right, fullback wing, that, that's, that's my angle to go for All Black. And then back then, when the All Black coaches decided to try Jonah on the wing, I was like, oh, dreams? <sighs> Gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then literally when he started playing, he's just like, oh my gosh, this guy is yeah. another level. Special. Oh, mate, it was unbelievable. But again, such, mate, such a gentleman. I couldn't uh, pick more of a gentleman in the game. I mean, for such a superstar, he was just like, just, just like us having a chat. He would, he would, if you're with him, go anywhere. He'd shelter you, everything. Um, he wouldn't let you pay for anything, um, you know, because he was, he was in a good place. But again, he's just so humble, would do anything for anyone. Um, but you get him on that field, geez, watch out. Yeah. yeah. And trust true. me, I've, I, I had a Mike Cat moment, and it wasn't nice. No. <laughs> no. Seeing those thighs coming towards you. 
You think, oh, go low, go low. But really? <laughs> tell you what, let me tell you the story. Okay, we were okay. playing against some counties, Manningale versus Waikato. And you always get excited about these games until you see Jonah Lomu on one wing and you've got Joe Levendiri on the other. And you think, shit. <laughs> okay. This is one of those games you can't just rock up into and think you're going to do well. Um, yeah. So I had a little uh, process uh, in my head of every time they, get, he, they were spinning the ball out, I would try and read it and sprint up as quick as I can. As soon as the ball got to Jonah, I would just try and wrap my arms and legs around his, one of his legs and try and take him down. <laughs> and to do so a couple of times because he didn't have the amount of speed. Yeah. Second half, I ended up being fullback. And we said to our nines and tens, do not kick the ball to Jonah straight. <laughs> yeah. make, make it contestable. Okay. So this one certain part of the game, our stupid number nine, ended up kicking a long flat one to him. And I was thinking, oh no, we're in trouble here. But I was at fullback, so I was like, oh, it's not too bad. We've got our centers to tackle him. Uh, yeah. At that given stage, our centers decided to play touch rugby, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> and I was watching it. Who were the centers? Mate, well, it was, they were big boys. It was Scott McLeod and uh, Matthew Cooper. Oh. Yeah, they were 102 kilos each. Legend. And they just decided to do the old yours. Oh. Oh. And mate, I could see it happening and I was thinking, oh no. And anyway, he, he started breaking the line. I thought, geez, this is gonna this is gonna hurt. And then I looked outside and he had Joey Levendary. So I thought, oh good, he's gonna pass it. And then as I saw his face getting his legs getting close, I was thinking, shit, he's not gonna pass it. <laughs> and my thought process, I had about three or four seconds, and literally I was thinking, right, naturally, legs, go for his legs. Am I out of swing on here? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I looked at his legs and I thought straight away, fuck that. I'm not going for those. <laughs> I'm not going for those. Mate, one of his legs was the size of my hip. I was thinking, I'm nowhere I'm putting my head and shoulders there. So I thought, right, next plan, go high. I looked up and thought, geez, fuck that too. <laughs> yeah. So literally in those three seconds, I thought that, and then I ended up closing my eyes and just throwing myself at him and did a double backwards roll. And I got up scoring stars. Oh, but when I looked at back on the on the um, on the play, he actually hit me, and I flew back. He stopped for a minute, so I came no. out as a tackle, and our number nine came and jumped on. So, yeah. got him. Third play. Well, you're being right. like, I never, uh, you know, I think I, the centers did personally. Yeah, I was just a speed bump. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, coming on to rugby event. Well, current rugby events, let's say. We've had a uh, involvement with Bristol more recently than not. Uh, what do you, I mean, what do you think? What do you think is going well in the Premiership at the moment, in general, despite everything that's going on? Well, I think, think the hardest part to get a, um, to do is uh, you know stay away from, from from doing anything silly and keep as fit as they can and not catch COVID because um, otherwise it affects the whole team. You know, like it's, that's the biggest battle. Um, On-field on action, um, there's, there's quite a, a mixture of play going on at the moment for, for a yeah. lot of teams. There's quite a few teams struggling. And I guess um, I can only imagine through, through what they're going through of how, how strict everything has to be. That alone would be quite tough. And yeah. when you've got a few cases, you get disruption and a bit mm -hmm. of uh, unbalance amongst the team and it just throws things out a little bit, I guess. And I guess the, the team that can deal with that the best can uh, can obviously come through there and just focus on their game plan and, and, and do well. And at the moment, the Bears seem to be doing that pretty well. Yeah, Definitely. Especially, good, uh, I think they're going to be testing the depth of the squad as well with obviously the Six Nations coming up. 
Um, yeah. Lots of players from the Premiership, obviously, will be leaving for that. Was it an eight? Is it an eight-week bubble this year? I think. Um, without you know, you all just gonna, the teams are being closed together. Um, do you think the six days could be the same, or do you think we're going to be seeing closer, you know, more tightly fought games? Um, the, the thing is, the, the way with the rules now, I think teams have to look at still trying to play it expensively. But again, it's all about winning that contact and the breakdown. Speed of ball is is what gives you that uh, option to, to break teams down, you know, and, and hit soft shoulders. Because at the moment, a lot of the defensive lines, there's always 13, 14 in the line, you know, so there's a lot of brick walls to run into. So, you know, you can't consciously do that throughout the game and just and, and get away with it and score. You know, the defense is strong, players are bigger. Um, so it's about, I think, a lot of those little micro skills that if, they, if the boys can get that down packed and that confidence and that connection and culture amongst the team are the ones that will do well during this, uh, during this time. Yeah. That's right. Go into, on the, you mentioned the Six Nations briefly there, Doc. Obviously, that's coming up. Do you think, um, I mean, obviously, we know that fans have a massive impact at certain games and certain grounds, like, you know, from, you know, first-hand experience of the Premiership. I imagine, like you say, your local rival game against Leicestershire, that was always, you know, a bit more charged than any other, that sort of thing. Um, do you think uh, the teams are going to get affected massively, you know, in the Six Nations, we're not having the crowds there, not having, um, you know, the, the support of the home advantage, as it were? Yeah, I think sorry, yeah, I forgot totally forgot all about that. That'll help that'll um that'll affect them big time. Because yes. a lot of teams home in, I think now there is no home home advantage. Because yeah. you just play yeah. in an empty stadium. Mm. You know, normally that does big you up big time. Because I mean back in the day, geez, you'll get just charged by the way the crowd was as soon as you got to the stadium. Yeah. Or you, you feel like, a little yeah. bit on edge, you know, a little bit, oh geez, I've got to make sure I do this, otherwise geez, you're gonna get hammered here, not by the players, but also the crowd. Mm. Uh, so that's going to play a huge effect and yeah. I think I can only imagine how hard it would be creating your own atmosphere you know um, and just trying to focus on your game and get yourself up every time and just think about process I've got to stick to it stick to the process what's, what's best for the team yeah. um, and you know sometimes you're going to have those lower periods which always happens and you always mm. look for the crowd to big you up but there's none yeah. of that at the moment so again I think that's where the culture of, of the team and everyone in that team have to work within themselves to really pick themselves up all the time, or as much as they can, you know. And yeah. if they have a lull, pick them back up, you know. They've got to, they can only help themselves out there. So, and that's going to be tough. Yeah. It's yeah. Not, not always easy when you're running the battle, is it? Being a blunt Six Nations wise, obviously, differences, uh, lack of atmosphere, et cetera. With all that, okay. What's your sort who do you reckon is going to come out on top and who do you reckon is going to finish bottom? Oh. Okay. Um, I think at the top, um, it's either going to be um, England and France. Yeah. Just because um, I think France are developing so well at the moment. Um, they've, they've been like a sleeping giant for a long, long time. And when I was over there, I would... I would Blame it on a lot of the coaching. It was too willy-nilly. Um, timings weren't kept. It was just the typical joie joie. Hmm. That only worked for a certain amount of stage. And then once a lot of teams started getting more structure into, into, into play, then um, the, they started falling apart. And that's where the French rugby has uh, stepped up massively now. They've allowed a lot more yeah. foreign coaches, even their own coaches now, have developed really well. Um, and they've got an abundance of players. Um, and now with Sean Edwards over there now, who's tightening up their defence, 
I think they're going to be a huge force. Yeah, England are always going to be tough. Uh, tough. They've got a big squad. They've been together for a long, long time. They've got a good lot of good mix of youngsters, but loads of experience. So I think again, those two are going to be a top. Um, bottom, um, Italy. Have to be Italy and jeez, um, Wales are in a bit of a a bit of a low period at the moment. They're yeah, in transition, sure. aren't they? In a bit of transition period at the moment, and from what I've seen in the last few games, they've got ability, but their attack shape doesn't seem to be uh, very good at the moment. Um, I do feel that I feel out of all the nations, they will be the best home advice. Yeah, yeah, they're in that transition period big time, and you know that, that's not going to happen overnight. Um, it will it, it'll take a bit of time, and mm-hmm. they'll get fully tested during this during this um, nations period. And I. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes it more interesting, though, because, I mean, when I was a kid, you know, I first started watching rugby and all this sort of stuff, England were probably second or, or you know, always second from bottom of the table normally. You know, France were an absolute powerhouse. You know, you had Wales that, well, to be fair, they back in the day, they weren't very good. But France, especially with a team to watch out for Ireland. Um, yeah. And it, 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 it certainly in the Six Nations, it's been boring some, some years because... England have been that that much step above, you know, any other team in there. But like you say, with France coming through, they've got such a young squad. Yeah, they massively. can be an absolutely power, you know, the, the winners of the tournament, Grand Slam for the next pretty eight years. If they, you know, they carry on with the expansive rugby they, they were playing before. Um, do you think that England, uh, in a way, uh, at risk of um, sort of playing the same way they've played and getting caught out? Do you think that some of the other nations can can kind of capitalise on that? Or do you think that Eddie's sort of constantly changing it up? I would think Eddie would be smart enough to, to, to have some something in his toolbox. You know, because right. at that level, you've got to be able to keep switching it up. Keep switching yeah. up because you, you, you will get found out. Um, yeah. you know, at, the, at the elite level, you can play for a certain way. But the biggest thing when you get to, to, when you get to that level, you have a system and a structure. And all you need to do is make a few little tweaks to just change the point of... Uh, Entry, etc., and, and the pace you're going you're to target, and it can just make massive differences. You know, it doesn't have to need to be a, a massive change. It's just little tweaks every here and there can just, you know, put teams off because the analysis they do these days is unbelievable. You know, they can, you can see what every bit of structure, every bit of move you make, you pick them apart easily. So you don't need to make little little tweaks, and that might just catch a defender out of line because he's thinking you're going to do one thing, or you just pop out the shoulder and do another. So. Yeah. Um, you know, Eddie being as experienced as he is, I can imagine he's got a few little tricks up his sleeve. Yeah. Definitely. But again, again it's, most of it does come down to on the day and the, the pressure you're feeling. You know, if you can, if you can absorb the pressure, um, then it comes down to uh, those little skill sets, those micro skill sets that, uh, that make the difference. Awesome. Okay, last, just last thing on the Six Nations from me. Um, obviously, a lot of press recently about the... Ladies Six Nations being cancelled, um, postponed, whatever you want to call it. You know, why do you think that's come about? And, you know, what do you think really allows the men's game to be carried on and not the women's, so to speak? It's a good question. It's a tricky one. And obviously, if you don't yeah. want to answer it or... No, you know, I'm, I'm not too I'm not too sure on that either. And I, I, I couldn't give a, a proper answer. You know, I, uh, any of you guys got any other thoughts on it? My only thought would be there's been talk about the fact they're now looking into 
introducing COVID testing into the women's 15. I just yeah. think it's been overlooked and it's more about the testing rather than the out and out. Right, definitely. Okay, cool. So um, I guess it comes down to a money factor then, doesn't it? Well, that's yeah. what I was thinking as well. Yeah. <laughs> Final little part from you, Bruce. Um, Ray Harner Rugby up and running now. Um, anything you want to just mention that we talked about your coaching style and uh, what you plan on? But yeah, do you want to just give that a little plug? Yeah, no, Ray Harner Rugby. We started in the, in the summer. And the, the biggest thing for me was um, my motto was the, uh, was the Go Mad, or MAD, who's Make a Difference. So make a difference in. in Whoever I'm coaching's life, you know, whether it be uh, with their skill ability, um, confidence, confidence is, is a big one, and uh, giving kids options. And the biggest thing I, I keep working on them for is to keep armoring what we say their, their toolbox, so they've got an abundance of skills to put out at any time if they need to. You know, and then that can that gives them options to play in different positions if they need to. Although they can't, then if someone sees their size, they say, look, well, you, you can't really catch a ball. Well, you're only going here here. Whereas if they can come out and say, look, I can kick, I can pass, I can beat defenders, I can defend as well, then you got options. Um, so the biggest thing I'm trying to open up uh, all, all kids' eyes and even some of the adults I'm coaching and just saying, look, you can, uh, you don't have to just, cause just because you're playing one position, you don't have to just have this one skill set. Give yourself more options because that's what's going to set you elite and make you go up another level. And if you look at all the best players, the reason why they're there is because they've got X-Factor. So what can give you X-Factor? What position do you want to play? And let's uh, fill your fill that position with a lot of skill sets so you've got options. And then if you know if you see things, then you can implement them because you've got the skill set. I hate to come up around a situation where you think I've got to need to pass it or I need to kick it, but I can't because I'm not too sure how to do it. So I'm trying to give all the kids I coach and the seniors those options to, you know, if it does if that does come up, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hand up and say, look, I'm better than everyone else because I can do this. I can also do that. And also I can see what I'm doing and make better decisions. So really trying to develop them that way. And the biggest thing too is enjoying that process, you know, doing it with their smiles on, on, on their faces and, and enjoying it and seeing them improve is the biggest thing. And, uh, yep. you know, they've, they've got to want to do it too. I'm not forceful. I wish my way is trying to get aim and get a good feeling for the kid because everyone's different. Everyone's got a different uh, tick box, which makes them want to push harder and go to that next level. So you really got to bring yourself down into into the level and get a feel for what the kid can really do. And then once you once you get into that uh, little area, then you can really make some big differences and changes in their in their pathway. Um, but it's been really enjoyable. You know, we're looking at getting our branding and our uh, logo up and going soon because we want to get some uh, clothing range out as well, so we can feel like we're a part of the family. You know, so we get some clothing and all the coaching I'm doing, and we get a, a logo set and get everyone to feel a part as one. Well. Um, you know, they can push and, and, and set some big goals and, and think, look, look, I can get there on, on this pathway. Definitely. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Bruce. Yeah, I've got just a couple of uh, oh. very quick scenarios. Um, oh, you've actually got some this week. Well, it's, it's the, you know, we're back in lockdown, so I've brought that one back. Oh, <laughs> Favourite one. And uh, the sore one I was thinking about as well. But no, um, so... Obviously, you might notice the name. I've been tasked with coming up scenarios. I'm not very good at coming up with them, but we've got a, a long-running one um, that uh, is a lockdown question. Now, you've you've been forced to be locked down in your house with a player you've played with in your career. Um, you can't go out at all. You're having food brought to you. You're in a complete bubble for two weeks. 
who out of anyone you've ever played with would make it an absolute living hell and why? Well, Jesus, there's so many, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> there is loads. Jeez, um, who would it be? Oh, man. Oh, let me think. I'm going to throw someone under the bus. <laughs> throw many under the bus. Because they would do it to me too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, let's think. Let's, I'll, I'll think of a Kiwi, and then I'll uh, and then we'll do an English. English. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so a Kiwi would be uh, Eric Rush. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And why is that? Um, mainly because uh, uh, I'm only doing it because it'll be payback when he got me back in my time. But uh, <laughs> he got me many times actually. I just play, no, I guess no, it won't be Eric Rush because he's actually funny. So I'll actually laugh a lot, even though he pisses me off. Right. Okay. Uh, we have to be uh, one of our filthy forwards, I guess, just because right. habits. Um, or let's go Reese Duggan. Right. Okay. Why is that then? A little number nine who uh, plays back in NZ, uh, nicknamed the Rat. Uh, just you said the rash, the rat. Hey, the oh, the rat. rat. <laughs> the rash would be a bad Rash, rash, rat. Anything. That's that's, that's fine. <laughs> I think mainly just because number nines are always annoying. They 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 talk too much. They yeah. think for the man. Uh, they try and control you. Um, but that's why they're good at their jobs. I guess. True. Very good point. Uh, and an Englishman. Well, not necessarily an Englishman, but someone you play with in England, obviously. Englishman jeepers. Um, that would have to be. Oh, no, he's actually Kiwi. I was going to say. No, I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go. Let's go. A famous one. Let's go. Uh, Steve Thompson. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, Tomo. Tomo. I don't want to spend two weeks with him in the house. <laughs> Eating habits, hygiene, um, trying to dominate the situation. No. You never get to watch what, what you want to watch. Watch what you want to watch on telly, all that sort of thing. Oh, oh no, you'd be totally in his control. Yeah. You'd be constantly in each other's head. Oh, it'd, be, it'd be horrible. Okay, and just give me one name for someone who would make it an absolute breeze then. Who, who could you just do two weeks with like that? Uh, Kiwi, Joan Lomu. Right, good show, yeah. Easy. Um, uh, Englishman. Ben Cohen. Ben Cohen, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Many years with him. I had some great times with him playing. Being a fullback and having him on the wing was amazing. Yeah. And had some of his stature and his size with his skill sets as well. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It'd be easy to get along with. Spend so much time with him already. Perfect. Right. Well, I've got one more question then. Right. You have to, this starts a bit weird. You'll have to just bear with me. You wake up in a dark room, right? Um, you're chained to a table and you hear a little squeaking coming from the corner. It's that scary fucker from Saw cycling in on his little tricycle. Right. Now you've got on the table, you've got uh, 20 pints of Guinness, a bottle of Jägermeister, um, a bottle of scotch and a bottle of vodka. And you've got to finish it in 24. Well, you've got to finish it in a session with two other people. Who'd you choose? You there? Oh, can you hear me? Oh. Yeah. So I don't know how much of that you caught. Um, sorry, say, say the last bit. Well, so you, 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 you wake up in the room. There's all these drinks on the table, uh, like, 
you know, ridiculous amount of drinks. You've got to pick two people to help you see them off in a, in a drinking session. Who'd you pick? Wow. Um, the first one will be a prop from back in NZ called Deacon Manu. Right. He is, I've never seen anyone do a jug as quick as he could. Three seconds. <laughs> Um, and who would be one over here? Let's pick an English one. Um, uh, let's go. Let's go. Darren Fox, number seven. Right. Of the Saints. Nice. Bit of a bear monster as well, is he? <laughs> yeah. Well, he was back then. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> Tom always, yeah, Tom always tells me off for this because I always say, oh, who's, who's good on the set? And I always make them sound like alcoholics, don't I? What is it? What's the phrase <laughs> I always use, Tom? Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember what the phrase was. I'd have to dig it out. But yeah, you make them out like they're like drink problems. Well, most rugby players, I've got drink problems, to be honest. Fair play. <laughs> I'm talking about myself, wasn't <laughs> it? Back in our days, too, it was, it was all about that afterwards and, and, and during, the, yeah. during the weekends. Definitely. Yeah. I, I like it's good. The biggest thing is you, you could get away with it back then, but now you know you just can't. So I, yeah. I just uh, sorry, I just want to backtrack because there was one question that I really wanted to ask, and it was obviously with your coaching and everything, your philosophy. You've got such a variant of coaching a whole squad or coaching a whole unit, and then doing your individual or your two to ones. For you as a coach, which of those do you prefer and why? Um, geez, I tell you what, I, I enjoy both, to be fair. Um, the, the thing is with the one-to-ones, you can really micro-coach, okay? You can really make a difference in, 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 in their movements and what they're doing, and you can really see the, the whole picture. So at, all, at 24, uh, 24-7, you can see exactly what's going on for the whole hour, so you can really find detail and, and make some proper changes. Um, but then again, I love it when you get to the groups because then you can see different pictures and see how kids... Uh, function and uh, and organise properly, um, and then again to what I do quite a lot is during the sessions get them to freeze quite a lot and look up and, and, and tell them the picture they see and how they can make it better. Right, uh, and that's, uh, that's how I do a lot of my coaching. Get them to feedback and 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 tell tell me how how they can implement yeah. a better structure or a better move to to find the space and why why. Love that. La- the last thing that I did want to ask. Any rugby player, particularly like you saying about that when you were sort of under 19s and you got told no, any rugby player who has a doubt about trying to further their career, what's the one piece of advice you'd give them? Uh, well, geez, just stay, stay positive. Stay positive and keep chasing your goal. Um, yeah. The biggest, biggest things I would say is any player now from a young, even a young age, set some high goals and aim, aim for the highest you know, whether it be for England, for Wales, whatever it is, always put that as your ultimate goal and then set some little targets down below it and just push yourself, yeah. push yourself as hard as you can. And the biggest thing is to tick your happy box. Make sure that you're happy doing what you're doing. Remember, you're going to give knock, you're going to have knockbacks, you're going to make mistakes, but that's part of the process. Yeah. Okay? You have to make mistakes to get better, but you've got to start enjoying that part of it because you've got to look past that and think when you do the things well, look at the reward you feel. So keep yep. thinking when you're feeling down, look at the reward. Every time, every time you do it right, it's a massive reward. And that's how you keep you know, keep pushing yourself forward. Awesome. Oh, well, on that, on that note, right. thank you very much. Yeah. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can catch you again soon. Thank you very it's much for joining us. us.
Thank you.